Welcome to Rewired Inspired. I am your host, Elena Petrescu, former accountant, now hypnotist, and body language business trainer. My purpose is to help you rewire your mind to see infinite possibilities and inspire you to create them in your life and business. I share tips, tools, and strategies that help you suspend disbelief so you can quickly overcome challenges, eliminate doubt, remove self-imposed limitations, and create the life and business of your dreams. I believe that good things happen to those who are inspired. Inspired minds are focused and they take action. Through inspired action, people evolve. They gain confidence, change unwanted behavior and habits, develop self-awareness, and realize their full potential. A life with more money, achievement, and impact. You'll hear from leaders that share their story of transformation and how they transition from difficult situations towards genuine empowerment in their life and business. You will learn how you can model their lesson and rewire inspire your mind to quickly reach your full potential, making your life and financial goals a reality. Are you ready to be inspired? Let's get started. Hello, everybody. It's Elena here with another episode of Rewired Inspire. And you know, every single moment, I always look for guests that will make a huge impact in your life because I feel that if my guests can rewire and inspire you in some way, I think that makes a huge difference in your life and also my life because I learn as I go along. So today I have a very special guest. Her name is Dame Lillian Walker. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Lillian because she has done some beautiful things in her life. So Lillian has so many credentials. I'm just going to list a few here. She has a bachelor's in science, pre-med, biological science, health administration from University of South South, uh, California. She's also certified in entrepreneurship from University of Southern California. She's certified um, collaborative specialist in divorce from Vanderbilt University. She's certified in neurosomatic hypnotist from SDHI. Well, the list goes on. She has uh, a certification medical from Chinese face readers. That's huge. I didn't know that about her. She has certified medical integrative NLP hypnotherapy practitioner from ICBCH. She's formally certified emergency medical technician who worked the Olympics. This lady has such beautiful things. She's certified in Shaolin Yu Jin Jin Kyu Hong. I hope I pronounced that correct. She's been knighted in the Order of St. John Hospitalities. 1,100 years old lineage, lineage in, I hope I'm pronouncing this correct, Taoist healing, 3,000 years old lineage, master advanced mystic meditation. What a beautiful credentials, Lillian, I am so impressed. So today's guest, Lillian, is an international best-selling author, speaker, and one of the media's rising stars through leaders and quickly growing sought-after speakers in the world. 
She has lectured and given advanced training throughout North America and guided thousands of people to healing from Europe, the US, Central and South America, Australia, and Japan. She has written her newest book, The Intuition Manifesto, which was a divine inspiration and has interviewed icons of industry and fortune companies, many of whom have been featured on Oprah, whom she affectionately calls her best supplier of guests on her show. She is a gifted, intuicognizant healer, guide who is clinically certified in over a dozen modalities. Her chief aim is to resolve and dissolve any negative thoughts, feelings, and emotions through her PSMO method and neurohealth reset, which are modalities implementing biohacks of the neurosomatic system of the body. As a result, these methods relieve the client from the burden of belief and instead use the mechanics of the brain to relink and resync both hemispheres of the brain, removing deeply held emotions blocked in the non-disclosure manner that is gently yet powerfully effective. Lillian is a writer, speaker, and leader in human potential. She has worked with world-famous actors, athletes, and the business elite, yet what she has to share is for you, the person who is viewing this right here, right now, today, for there are no coincidences or accidents. That's what Lillian says, and I totally agree with that, because something led you to this moment in time at the right place, at the right time, for the right reason to benefit you. So today, I want to welcome Dame Lillian Walker, Aka, the Soul Alchemist. Welcome, Lillian, to the show. Thank you, Elena. Wow, that's quite an introduction. (laughs) Well, you've done some beautiful, beautiful things. And, you know, I'm so excited to have you here today because you and I met a while back And I guess both of us were looking for answers and we're looking to grow and we found our answers, right? And we all have a story. And and I know you've been doing beautiful work and your latest creation is is the book that you're putting out recently, which really caught my eye. And I thought, oh, I really have to reach out to Lillian because I've been following you for a while and I absolutely love and adore what you do. And I feel that so many people out there should know what you're doing because I think it will transform lives. So tell me, before we go into the book and and, and your TV media that you do and the interviews, I want you to tell me more about your story, your why. How did you get here? What were your ups and downs? You know, we all have our story. We all have things that, you know, we... We go through life. Life has challenges, but you've overcome them. So talk to me about your story. So, well, I am basically, I was born in Los Angeles, California, the city of the angels. I'm the daughter of a preacher and a teacher. My mother, uh, the retired Spanish teacher. My father was a ordained Presbyterian minister and um, he counseled a lot of veterans and couples and so forth. And has spoken, you know, quite a bit internationally, and he's also a real estate investor. And so um, I grew up with a fairly 
very um, idyllic childhood, really. And um, so I really, uh, even though I had some health challenges, I didn't perceive them as health challenges when I was a kid, because, you know, as a kid, you don't really know any different. But so I guess part of my story is I uh, had eye surgery when I was five years old. And so it's interesting because, you know, you can never connect the dots moving forward, but you can always connect the dots moving backwards. And so just in the last couple of years, one of the things that I was divinely inspired to to create is this thing called the PSMO method. And I would have never in my wildest dreams have ever thought that it had anything to do with that surgery, you know, when I was five years old, but it has actually part of the foundation of it is now from my perspective, it's so obvious. So at five, I had um, eye surgery because I had what some people call lazy eye. So instead of both of your eyes focusing, you know, straight forward, one eye is lazy. So it drifts off to the side and you don't use that eye as much. So I had surgery to correct that. And both eyes, basically, they tightened both of the muscles, the lateral muscles, so that my eyes would stay straight. So what does that have to do with what I'm doing today? Well, you know, God has a very funny sense of humor. So what's funny was that because I had that eye surgery, my mother then was assigned the task by my ophthalmologist that every day I had to do eye exercises to strengthen those muscles of the eye so that they would be, you know, strong. So she would do 100 reps of my, I would keep my head straight and I was looking left, right, basically a hundred times. Meanwhile, my brother that's two years younger than me, you know, came out of the same womb, same parents, same environment, different temperament, needless to say, because I was kind of more cool, calm and collected. And he's more of a fiery temperament more hyperactive, but, you know, he had 20-20 vision, never had anything. So there was no requirement for him to have this eye exercise done on him. So he considers his childhood a lot more challenging, a lot more drama, um, a lot more emotional turmoil. Whereas for me, it was almost like I had a fairy tale existence. Now, fast forward years later with all education, and of course, I tend to look at things from a, more of a clinical neurosomatic perspective based on how the brain mechanically integrates your, just to go over quickly, the eight neurosomatic systems of the body. They're visual, auditory, kinesthetic, olfactory, gustatory, your interoceptive, which is your digestive and your gut feeling. Proprioceptive is what helps you distinguish the separation between you and an object. So you're not bouncing off of walls or when you're driving, you're not bouncing off of cars. You inherently know the distance between one and the other and you can stay in your lane. Your mechanoceptive system, which is the integration mechanically of all those things. So I, that's my perspective. I see how the brain, how it handles things, right? And so I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, from a neurosomatic standpoint, we have, People, a lot of people are aware of the eye movement desensitization technique, which is EMDR, which they have you oftentimes they'll have you look at a light and you'll yeah. have your eyes go from one side to Left the other. Left to right, yeah. Left to right. And because you're going from the right side using your your both of your eyes, which engages your right and your left brain hemisphere, you go from right to left as you cross over the midline. Midline, yes. Are wiping out emotions and resetting your brain. So my mother was doing this and my ophthalmologist had prescribed this 
to strengthen muscles, not to increase vision, not for any emotional benefit. It was just to literally strengthen the lateral muscles and the interior muscles of my eye. That was it, to keep my eyes straight. But what, you're balancing left and right brain at the same time. And so what was happening was my right and left hand side of the brain was being balanced at the same time. Had I had any kind of altercation, any fight with my brother, any argument, any scolding by my mother or any kind of loud noise that could have startled me, guess what? Mine was being wiped out every single day. So I was trauma free. <laughs> Whereas my brother didn't have that benefit. So he's accumulating these emotional energy memories, not only in his left brain as a memory, but also the energy that's lodged in his body, you know, yeah. that's stacking up together, causing him more angst, more frustration, more irritation. And so here you have these two parallel lives, you know, you would think, oh, how lucky he was that he was born with 20-20 vision. Well, actually, I was pretty lucky that I was born with this problem with my eyes that required me to, to have balance. this to yeah. balance this. So now you fast forward to, and I've, you know, I had other things that happened in my life where there's probably not enough time in any show to kind of recap everything, but just to kind of give people a little bit of a feeling of a background, you know, I graduated, I always went to private school. My high school was a public high school. So I only had four years of public education, went to USC, which is a private university. That's where I studied pre-med, bio-sci, et cetera. And then once I got married and started having kids, I had not one, not two, ended up having four, four um, high-risk pregnancies that were, uh, I had preterm labor. So I had to battle the entire pregnancies with trying to keep the eminent delivery. And so of the four pregnancies, I lost the first child, but I successfully carried the the three ensuing pregnancies, but it was with a lot of medical intervention. And so I was in and out of the hospital, just to kind of give you an example with my daughter, who is my, my second child that I have, I have my oldest son and then my daughter, I was in the hospital 17 times with her. Wow. So for about two and a half, almost three months of the pregnancy, up until seven months, I was pretty much hospitalized. So there's Some potential stress. Yeah, there's some, there's obviously the stress of not knowing if the pregnant, I kind of knew that they were going to be fine, which is kind of another story in and of itself. But I think it's because I was kind of tapped into my intuition. Yes. Um, and in the book, I do talk about how in, in using your intuition, you know, doctors, I think doctors are extremely valuable. Medical personnel are very valuable people that help us guide and mitigate some of the obstacles that we have and have us you know, they're there to help us overcome certain things, but ultimately they are experts with limited knowledge because they are limited by the experience of people that they've treated over the course of their career. And based on the knowledge that they've actually studied from whatever, whatever books and whatever professors and mentors who they study on. Yeah. So that's the limit of their knowledge. You as an individual, you're an expert in you. You're the only person who's lived inside your body from conception to this very moment. And so ultimately right. you are the expert on you. And so the doctor can only give you based on his limited experience and based on his limited knowledge, you could say, I've never seen this in my career before, but you know, the protocol for this is X, Y, Z. And then it's your job, in my opinion, to say mm -hmm. yay or nay 
yes, you know, I, I don't think it's a safe or healthy situation for anyone to say blindly, okay, doctor, you're basically God, you know, 100% what's best, because the doctor is only able to help you to the degree with which you can communicate effectively what it is that you actually have going on. And if you leave anything out, then he's missing information. And sometimes we do things, leave things out because we don't know exactly. Some people don't know how to explain it or they are afraid to say it or, you know, you get a little nervous. So or you're absolutely forget. right. Yes. Yeah, you, you forget in the moment because there's so yeah. many other things. Maybe you're only addressing the things that give you the greatest pain, but some of these other things that don't cause you as much pain are valuable for the doctor to know. It's like, oh, now in light of that information, maybe how they would treat you or what their diagnosis might be different. but Sometimes, you know, a lot of people have white coat syndrome where as soon as they see a doctor walk in with a stethoscope over his neck and a white coat, they get nervous and they forget a great deal of what they came to tell the doctor to to begin with. So he's only going to be able to help you to the degree with which you can accurately express to him and communicate the challenge that you have. So, but you as a human being, you have access to all that information all the time. So that's why in the book, I talked about how, yeah, you know, here I was suffering with, I'm going to use my daughter. I only have one daughter. My other two um, are boys. And in that particular pregnancy, um, I had an an excellent OBGYN who was very well-versed in preterm labor and dealing with preemies and all that kind of stuff. He had already helped me with my, with my older son and also with the one that I lost prior to that. So I had a history with him. I knew him, I liked him and I trusted him. But there was one point where I remember, you know, because I had a medical background, I actually had a physician's desk reference. And back in the day, it was a big red book that was like this thick. And every drug known to mankind created by any pharmaceutical company was actually cataloged there. So you could look it up. It would tell you who the maker was, what the contraindications were. Um, if they were in, you know, 20, 50, 100, 200 milligrams, like the different dosages that the pills came in, if there were tests required after a certain amount of time, they would tell you, okay, for the average weight male, for the average weight female, uh, in what particular cases you would not want to use this drug, people with these certain medical conditions. So it was pretty comprehensive. You know, nowadays, you know, we have the internet and you can find everything yeah. pretty much on WebMD or PubMed, you know, you you're going to find your answers. Right. So, but back in this, at this time, this was like 25 years ago, 24 years ago. So I looked it up in the book and I realized I'm like, Holy cow. You know, the doctor said that this drug called endomethacin, which was supposed to help me slow down because we, we never were successful in stopping the contractions altogether, but it was to slow down my contractions. And he said that it was as safe as aspirin. Now, mind you, I was the type of person who I never took aspirin, didn't have to take aspirin, Tylenol, Motrin, none of those things. I didn't have aches and pains. I didn't suffer from headaches. And quite frankly, I, in my mind's eye, even over the counter drugs right now, they tell you, oh, it's okay now, but 20 years from now, they're going to find out it causes brain tumors, or you're going to have instant gangrene of the flesh and chunks are going to be falling off and you're going to die. Yeah, or some kind of other side effects that, yeah. yeah. Now that 20 years have gone by, now we know because there's a body of evidence that show that, you know, these are the problems with taking this drug, blah, blah, blah. So I was, I always had the health respect for any kind of medication, natural, not natural, over the counter prescribed. So when he said it was as safe as aspirin, I'm reading 
in the physician's desk reference, and I'm going, this is not as mild as aspirin. And in fact, it's telling you here that after you've been taking this for one or two weeks, that you should have your kidney and your liver checked because oh. it could cause lit kidney or liver damage. So, so I immediately brought that to attention because I had a nurse that was coming into my home every morning and every afternoon because I was hooked up to a monitor at the hospital where the doctor and the nurses could see my labor contractions. And if they got over a certain number in a 15 minute period, then I was instructed to go straight to the hospital. So I just remember the doctor didn't catch that. The pharmacist didn't catch that. The nurse didn't catch that. I job you did. I caught it. But I had a feeling inside my body that something wasn't quite right. And I also noticed that the movement of the baby was significantly less. So that started that I paid attention to my tuition. I took the book. I did the research. And then I said, hey, I told the nurse, I go, hey, Carmi, look at this. I go, don't you think we need to call this? to the attention of my doctor. Don't you think that perhaps maybe I should have a conversation, you know, with the pharmacist? How about and then this, yeah. She said, absolutely. And then she said, um, in fact, I'm going to talk to the pharmacist and I'm going to have the farm. Pharm- I'm going to talk to the doctor and I'm going to also have the pharmacist talk to the doctor. So the day that I did that, I, I, as soon as I had read that, I stopped taking the medication on instinct. The doctor didn't tell me, the nurse, the pharmacist, no one instructed me. I, on my own accord, I'm not telling anybody, this is, I'm just telling you my story. Because I think that this, this just speaks to your own inner body intelligence. And you're paying attention to your intuition, which is trying to protect you. Right. Yes. And so I stopped taking the medication as soon as I read that. Meanwhile, she's contacting doctor, pharmacist, so forth. Immediately, then the doctor calls and says, we need to have your kidneys tested. We need to have your liver tested. In fact, um, I need you to go to the hospital now. So, How long did you take that for? How long were you taking it before you found out that it was really Um, creating damage to your kidney and liver? I think I was taking it for about three going on four weeks. Wow. And and it was a long time. And the thing was... um, I'm five foot one. I'm normally about 102, 103 pounds. So it talks about an average size woman and an average size male. And I've always been conscious to tell doctors, I'm not average size. Any, there's nothing about me that's average. I'm the size of a fifth grader. So I'm only five foot one. I'm only about a hundred pounds. So I'm about, you know, two thirds, the weight of a normal size adult woman. And so you have to adjust the milligrams and whatever prescriptions for my size, even though yeah. I'm an adult and my neurology is more developed than that of a child, you still have to make adjustments for my body weight and mass because your chemistry is going to be different based on the amount of fat and muscle mass and your digestion and so forth. Absolutely. So now, so I, now I talk about in, this, in the book how, and that ended up, you know, now I'm in the hospital. They find that my baby is in a dry sack. She has zero amniotic fluid. They discovered that it looked like she, they said she's probably, her face is probably going to be disfigured. It looks like she has a heart condition. So now we have this whole cascade of all these other problems, which who knows, had I not said anything, I probably would have lost that baby at the rate that it was going. It was not looking good, but I kept on following my intuition and my inner guidance knowing that we, I just kind of instinctively knew that we cut it just, just in the nick of time. How was your baby? Is she fine now? 
She's totally fine. She's 24 years old. She's doing fantastic. She, um, she was not disfigured. She, and then things as sometimes happens in life, sometimes things get worse before they get better. So she was born at 32 and a half weeks. And the day that she was born as she was being born, of course, she bottom line, she flatlined where her heart just totally stopped. And then, you know, here they had gone where they were trying to slow down. Everything was slowing trying to slow down the labor because they wanted to keep her in as long as possible. But when she flatlined, because I had placenta abrupte, so there was no blood flow to her. Now they're like, they couldn't get her out fast enough. So now they suctioned her out like a football. She came out flying and, um, but she was all blue and she wasn't obviously, she, you know, babies aren't first breathing when they're first born, yeah. but she had a heartbeat. So they had to revive her as soon to as she get the heartbeat going. Yeah. Because she was, she had flatlined prior to prior to her birth, but within a minute or two, they got her. She immediately responded. She was perfectly fine. She was not disfigured in any way, shape, or form. She was only four pounds five ounces, but she was two months early, so that's not surprising. So, um, and then so the the good thing was that we had a happy ending. So she ended up being happy, healthy, fine, no learning disabilities. There's no repercussions as a result of this. She's been she's been totally fine. Had I not listened to my intuition, I know that that story would have gone in a different direction because I would have given all my power, all my control, all the responsibility would have been in the doctor's hands. And again, it really should be a collaboration between, between both. So my message to mothers, especially, but I really think all human beings need to take the personal responsibility that your life, your healthcare, your well-being, the way you navigate in this world, you're the expert in you. And so I agree. as you pay attention to what resonates with you, if something is of concern and that resonates with you, pay attention. If something feels really good and resonates with you moving in a direction that maybe doesn't even make sense to you, the fact that it's resonating with you is an indicator that you, even though your left, left brain is not making sense of it, the, the book talks about many examples, not only my own personal experiences, but I also have other people whose stories are, I think, even more extraordinary than my own. You also so, talk about, I mean, I, I've only read your introduction on chapter one, but you do mention that if you're not sure about the decision, don't take it, that just sleep on it and quiet down and see what comes through, right? Yeah, it's better... If, if you're not sure, and if it's not clear, because one of the things that as you do this, more things become, you know, part of the goal of the book is to, the book is to give people certainty and clarity, and you can use your intuition to gain certainty okay. and clarity. So now you're clear about the decision. It may not make intellectual, logical sense, but you can still be clear about the direction, at least the next step that you need to take, and you could be certain I'm like, okay, I may not know all the nitty gritty details, but I'm very clear that I need to do this next. And I'm certain about that. So at least now you can take one more step in the direction. You're going to be zigzagging your way into succeeding. Even, even times where you think it's like, oh man, this is an epic fail. Actually, not really. It's, it's still part of the process that you have to go through to get to where you want to go. And what appears to be maybe a fail or a failure or maybe something painful. It's like, no, that's exactly the path you needed to take. So, because if you, you would have missed a step had you not gone in that direction. 
Exactly. No, yeah, no experience is wasted. So when in doubt, really, we, we tend to sometimes be so obsessed with time. I know. <laughs> and to quickly rush to conclusions and make a decision. And sometimes uh, that's not in our best interest, especially when your intuition is telling you something different, right? Yeah. Because um, I'm sure we all went against our intuition and things didn't go well. Yeah. Uh, talk then, to me, Lillian, mm-hmm. about intuition. You call it feelings, which is true. Intuition is a feeling. And talk to me about you. You talk about the unconscious use of distraction also. Talk to us about that. I want the listener to the listeners to really uh, resonate with that. Uh, as, a, as a hypnotherapist myself, I do understand what you mean, but talk to me about that. So I'm one of the things that I feel really helps me gain certainty and clarity is being able, you know, people go, it's like, gosh, you know, I, there's that little faint voice inside of me or that feeling or that hunch or that gut sensation, but I'm never totally certain. And how do I know the difference between my logical thinking mind and that voice? It seems like it's so fuzzy. It seems like, you know, your, your intelligent brain yells at you, but God's voice or that sense is kind of more a soft little whisper. And so how do you really distinguish it? And for me, what I literally had a day where it was crystal clear where I realized my ego, I actually visualized my ego. Don't, I don't know why I visualized it this way. It's just the vision that I had. I saw my ego as this round structure that was right here. And my ego was always there to judge, to criticize, to blame, to over-intellectualize, to rationalize, which I learned quickly that to rationalize is to ration out portions of lies to justify whatever, but they're lies. So it's a futile exercise in mental gymnastics that don't serve me. So rationalizing doesn't help anyone. So when I realized that my ego is just trying to use the records of the past to determine the future so that it can predict a certain outcome, Michael, like, okay, so my ego is never going to say something loving to me. It's just going to judge, criticize. It's going to make me worry. It's going to make me hurry. I call worry and hurry the offsprings of, of fear because mm-hmm. they're the twins that it gave birth. They don't look like fear because fear is another ego construct. So your ego tries to use fear to curb your behavior or to stop or to manipulate your, your behavior. So hurry and worry are not as obvious like quickly you go, okay, anytime I have fear, ego timeout. Cause I know that fear comes from ego. Yeah. And then I can go to my brain and tell my brain to do what I say, but hurry and worry are like grayer shades of fear. Instead of fear being black, it's kind of a lighter shade of gray. So it's not so obvious because hurry is, Oh, I don't think I'm going to have enough time. That means I'm going to fall short. It's not necessarily true. True. So now I hurry because I'm afraid that there's not enough of me, not enough of time. Worry is the same thing. It's feeling that there is a lack inside of you, which is why you worry. Not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not professional enough. My language is not professional enough or Mm -hmm. eloquent enough or sophisticated. Whatever the the worry is, whatever your ego wants to, whatever your pain point is, it's going to hook onto that. So once you start to recognize, oh, all that negative chatter 
that I can attribute that all to ego. So my right brain, my seat of consciousness, my that voice of God that is going to through me is always loving. It will always offer you the gift of grace, the benefit of the doubt. And just, it's like, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong in the past. Just seat yourself in a place of love, get your heart and your brain aligned where your heart is connected to your brain and just feel the love. And then from there, take inspired action. Yes. I'm like, oh, so all this negative stuff, that's a red flag, that's ego. Okay, ego, time out. Now brain, it's just an organ like anything else in your body. I can order my brain to do as I say, instead of letting my ego and my brain now be the chief executive officers, because for a long time, they were the chief executive officers, the co-chairman of the boards that were running my life because I didn't know any better. So I was always making ego-based decisions and letting these two monkeys run my life. And then I realized, no. That's not the way it's like now my consciousness, I'm going to be in a heart centered place, connecting my heart with my brain. And I am just going to come from a place of love where I'm connected to my intuition all the time. I now know it doesn't have to make sense. And it's funny. Recently I had um, a group of, there was like 1700 mystics that we gathered here in Cancun. And I've been wearing this infinity bracelet that I just bought in December. Mm -hmm. See that infinity signal? Yes. And so one of the things I was telling one of the mystics, it's like, you know, we've been brought up in our society to think that our intelligence or IQ, our education is the most valuable thing. When the truth of the matter is, it's like, that's our left brain. If you look over here on the left-hand side, that's your left brain. And in one of my meditations, I had my intuition. I had that God's voice tell me, it's like, listen. I gave you a certain degree of intelligence and you have been using it without exception for everything. And that's your left brain over here on the left. And you only come to me situationally for here or there. And when, you're, supposed to yeah. you're supposed to be using this without exception, connecting to me all the time, listening to God's voice, your heart and your brain, listen to that intuition all the time. And now guess what? You're in a flow state. So now the extraordinary intelligence that I've given each and every one of you, you only have to use a little bit of that for here, like a little touch up here and there, because now you're in a flow state. So now you're never going to feel like you're working. You don't have to toil. You don't have to work hard. You don't have to make things happen because you're always in the flow now. I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I've been so obsessed with working hard, making it happen. No one's going to outwork me, outperform me, outfigure it out. I'm the most resourceful human being. I don't have all the answers, but I know a lot of people who have great answers and always go to the experts, the academics, the gurus. And it's like, it's, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Just get yes. into that. Get into, into that frequency, that right? Can we call that frequency? Can we call that divine frequency? It is. It is, right? Frequency, because you are actually feeling what you feel from a heart space. And the the heart has, you know, the Heart Math Institute, which I quote in the book as well, they have wonderful, over the 25 years, they have a lot of data to show how the intelligence, you have heart intelligence that you can actually measure on graphs and on different devices. 
And when you connect your heart intelligence along with your brain so that both are communicating, that's where you become unstoppable. That's where you have all sorts of signs, symbols, synchronicity. You get into that flow where you can't miss the target that you're trying to hit the bullseye because you're in that flow and you become magnetized where now things start to flow to you and it's inexplainable because it doesn't make left sense, left brain sense. And yes. so, the- so it's just manifesting. It's, 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 it's you, it's like a radio where you find that frequency and connect to that frequency where you bring in abundance and yes. That's what I'm hearing. Am I correct? Yeah, you're tuning into the frequency. And yeah. so when when something unwanted, because we're human beings, this 3D plane of existence, this is the plane of polarity where you have night and day. You have tall and short, big, yes. small. small. You have um, good and bad. Yeah. You have hot, cold. You have all the, the opposites, the both ands. Yes. And so we're supposed to have have that degree of difference part of it is to show you how to stay i don't want to say to stay in your own lane but it's a it's actually a form of guidance so centered right you need to be centered it's to keep you it's exactly what it is is to keep you centered so so for example as you're getting into that heart and that brain coherence and you're now operating we have such a distorted view of love you know in in america in the states we think that love is always romantic you know, it's all about romantic love and Valentine's Day and your your sweetheart. And, and then there's the erotic aspect of love as well that, that involves desire and lust and, you know, making love and all that. But really love is more than, that's one type of love, but that's not the only love. Really, you know, that's oftentimes the love that is used to create a baby that two people will come together. And then that energy, you know, when, when two people are making love, to you're not thinking about yeah. Yeah, you're not thinking about the future. You're not thinking about what you're going to make for dinner. You're in that moment, very present. And that life force energy is going through both of your bodies. And it's so powerful that you can create a baby. You can create another life for that energy. I think you can Paramah- also be- I think Paramahanda Yogananda calls that when two people get together is to co-create. It is. Yeah. Right. And- you can take that same energy and that frequency where you're very present in that moment. And then you can create other things, not just another human life form, but you can create everything. And, and so I talk about also in the book, I'm trying to remember if I actually tell the, I think I do tell the story of um, how I used, you know, the energy of my intuition. Actually, I did mention it because I lost a cell phone when I was, I had it stolen actually when I was in Sardinia because in 2019, 2019 was, I I still call it the year of magic because in 2019, I ended up, that year was, I did like a 180 degree turn. So I started off the beginning of the year where I had a boyfriend in March, we broke up and then my life took like a quantum leap. Now, if you scroll two years prior, I had been hit by a bus while I had at the tail end of finishing a 16 mile bike ride. So I went flying off on my bike. I was literally hit from behind. I suffered a traumatic brain injury, neck injury, my C5, C6 cervical uh, vertebrae, as well as my five and six uh, lumbar area. So I had neck, back injury, traumatic brain injury, couldn't see very well. And then of course I had a a leg injury because my shin, it basically sliced my leg open. 
So I was a mess after that hit. I was in a lot of pain. You know, your chemistry gets out of whack when you get brain damage, right? So I went from that to being able to heal myself using a lot of, it was really my big pivotal point was when I went to the Dr. Joe Dispenza week-long event where the first day I had the revelation of, it was like crystal clear to me, this is your ego, this is your brain, and this is your conscious awareness. And this is how you're going to connect your heart to your head. You're going to open all your energy centers and you're going to flow that energy on purpose all the way up to your pineal gland. To your pineal gland, yeah. Yeah. And then you could use that energy for anything and everything. And I believed him when he said that you could use it for anything and everything. There was something in me that 100% lock, stock, and barrel, I, I knew it to be true. And so I immediately commanding my ego and my brain to do as I said. And then as I moved forward, then the remainder of that year, I ended up going from, let's say that year in... April, I went to Denver for business. And then in May, I had a trip with my daughter to Japan because she was graduating from college. And that was the only thing I had planned for that year. um, Other than several years before I had booked a cruise with my best friend, we were going to go to Alaska, which we did do. Oh, that's beautiful. I was able to realize a lifelong dream that I had had for like 10 or 15 years that I thought, oh, it's a pie in the sky. I don't see how I'm ever going to be able to do this. I wanted to live in Italy for at least six months. So I could, I knew how to um, understand and speak a little Italian, but I wasn't fluent to, I couldn't read it really well and write it. And so I just wanted to become more fluent in Italian. And I wanted to live in the culture of my, my father's mother. And so, but I'm like, how am I going to do that? I've got three kids you know, kids in college. That ego came in, huh? (laughs) Yeah. So how, you know, how financially, how would you even do that? Blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? I had been kind of like pricing what it costs to live in different countries and just kind of following different travel blogs. And one day I just got the, the feeling, it's like, you know what? I think right after I get back from my, uh, cruise with Tammy, I think I can actually pull it off for the remainder of the year. I can go live in Italy. I kid you not, Elena. I applied the same formula, listening to my intuition, and I had a clear intention, added that elevated emotion. I ended up not only living in Italy for six months, I also went to Sardinia, went to Malta, went to France, went to Spain. Um, I went to like 10 or 12 countries in 2019, which I would have. I would have told you that's not financially possible time-wise and money-wise not going to happen. It's not in the cards. It's not within my realm of possibility. So you went into that theta, uh, theta wave brain, right? You you also talk about that. And you also talk about, I don't know how or when. Okay. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, you know? I know, I know I'm going to create it. That's pretty much what you did. That's exactly what I did. And so in 2019, it became the year of magic, not just because of those things that I just shared, but um, every time I had something unwanted, human beings, we're we're funny creatures. It seems like sometimes we're more motivated to get out of our own way and do something different when we have pain or unwanted or injury or disease than when we're all happy where things are going good. But I think that's part of how God or the divine gets our attention. 
So sure enough, so for example, one of the things that happened was that I had this phone was stolen when I was in Sardinia. Now, because I had made the decision that 2019, I was going to test my intuition no matter what, I was going to follow it, lock, stock, and barrel, because I wanted to know without a shadow of a doubt that my intuition was spot on. So I was always following my intuition. As soon as I saw I was, it was made to my awareness that it's like, oh, wait a minute, look, your phone, you didn't lose your phone. Your phone is stolen. And it's Google says it's on the other side of the plaza, on the other side of town. I didn't freak out. I didn't go, oh no, oh my gosh. What that's the normal reaction that most of us like, no, that can't happen. My boarding passes, my itinerary, my bank accounts, everything's linked to my phone. No, no, no. That elevated emotion is just going to lock it into that state of being, which is not what I want. Exactly. And it's going to create more negative uh, frequency onto it because the brain doesn't understand. Oh, no. Every time you say no, don't, just don't go there. Just like whatever elevated emotion, negative or positive, it'll create in whichever. So things can get infinitely worse or infinitely better. You, better. You're the one who gets to navigate it. So as soon as he said that it was stolen, I said, pause button, ego, time out, brain do as I say. And then I got into theta state with my eyes open mm-hmm. and I just started to do a walking meditation. And so I'm sure some people are going, well, how did you do a walking meditation? Exactly. How eyes? did you do that? That was my next question. <laughs> well, because then, you know, the gentleman, the young man that was helping me, I had like six, seven Italian men, Sardinian men that were looking for my phone. And then this one guy, Matteo, said, he goes, I will help you get back your phone. He goes, did you um, rent a car or did you ride a bike here or come by foot? I said, no, this is my car, my rental car. So he jumped into the car with me. So in my brain, I'm like, ego time out, brain do as I say. And I said, this is what we're doing. I'm slowing down my breath, slowing down my heart rate. I'm prepping myself to go into theta state. I'm relaxing myself from the top of my head down to my toes. I didn't need to do a lot of talking. He already had his cell phone. He knew where it was that we needed to go on the other side of town. He I was also affirming that men were magical, mystical creatures. So he was a manifestation too. He was a magical, mystical creature that was helping me get back the phone. So I I didn't have to do anything. I just had to apply the formula, get into theta state. My clear intention was to get back my phone. I didn't have to get back the phone. I had to put the order in. You had to go to that frequency. I had to be in that frequency. So what did I do? slow down my breath, my heart rate, my brain waves. And then I perfectly saw in my mind's eye, I saw my hand right here and I felt the smoothness of the glass on my phone. I felt the satisfaction of him saying, here's your phone and him putting the phone. I felt the weight of the phone. I touched the glass and I'm like, in my mind's eye, I just kept on repeating it over and over again. Oh my gosh, Mateo, you're a rock star. You did it. You did it. You did it. You got my phone back. You made the impossible possible. You're a rock star. You did it. You did it. You did it. And then I was just in a bliss zone. I was just almost, I'm going to say almost because I wasn't euphoric, but I was almost euphoric. As far as he could tell, I'm just driving the car and I'm just regulating my breath, keeping it slow. And I'm keeping myself into that theta state where I'm awake. But I'm yes. I'm relaxed, which is the formula. But in your mind's eye, you they say That's if you can I, see it in your mind's eye, you can feel it in your hand, right? And so I just knew I didn't know I had to let go of the attachment that it would that I would find the phone that night, that I would 
find it within an hour, that I would find it. No, my or my job was to get into that frequency of where I have that heart centered love. I'm putting in my clear intention, which is I feel the phone back in my hand. I see him giving it to me going, here's your phone. And I go, oh, my gosh. Now, and then letting it go. The last part is letting it go. To go into the universe, right? I did that for an hour, even though I still had some a little bit of conversation with him, a little conversation actually with the police because we filed a report with the police. Mm -hmm. And then it was bizarre because then when we returned to the plaza, sure enough, this older lady with this older man had found the phone in a puddle and she gave it to him. And then he turned to me put it in my left hand. And it was, you would think it would have been like a deja vu, yeah. which what I've learned is deja vu is something different because there's no way that I could control what he is going to say. Yeah. However, he said the exact same thing that I told him that I script because I'm the director of the movie in my mind's eye, right? Yes. He said exactly. He stood in the same position, put the phone in my hand and then out of my mouth, the same words that I said, Mateo, oh my gosh, you're a rock star. You did it, you did it, you did it. You made the impossible possible. It was like I rewound the tape that was in my head and now it was happening in 3D. So I'm like, I don't really know how that works or how that happens. All I can tell you is what I did, the formula that I've applied every time, whether it was to recoup my stolen phone, whether it was for something less dramatic, I wanted to get a cheap car rental when I was yeah. living in Sicily. My landlord said the car rentals were anywhere from 30 euros a day to like 80 or 90 euros a day. And then I ended up manifesting. I thought, I thought, okay, I'm not willing to pay 30 euros a day. I'm willing to pay up to five euros a day. So I ended up manifesting 2.77 euros per day. It was not even 33 euros wow. for the week. That's I, awesome. <laughs> so I, I, like I said, when I say I use it for everything, I use it for everything, for wanted things. And then when something is unwanted, instead of reacting, I hit the pause button and I apply that formula. And then the number one thing is I let it go. I let it go going, okay, I know that the order's in, just like when I put an order on Amazon. Yeah. I don't know when, I don't know how, and it doesn't matter. I just go, oh my gosh. Any, It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And so now it's like, how is it going to show up? I don't know, but it doesn't matter. But I know that I have, it's like Christmas all the time because I'm always manifesting all these things because I'm always getting into that vibrational frequency. And if I don't, I learned also that if I, if I do my meditations, if I do this process and I don't focus on a clear intention and I just allow myself to feel peace, then the only manifestation I have is Peace, peace, serenity, and more peace, which is, you know, during this pandemic, how many people wouldn't love to just be in a place of peace. serenity? And peace? Exactly. Now, Now more than both. ever, yes. But you can have both and. You can have serenity and peace and all that feeling of centeredness, and you can also manifest something. So if you don't put a clear picture of wanting to manifest either an object, an opportunity, you know, a gathering of people, whatever, it doesn't matter. There's no limit to it. Then the, the default is that you're just going to feel very peaceful, very grounded and, and serenity, which serenity. is not a bad, you know, that's a good manifestation. Too. 
That's a beautiful manifestation. Now, I listened uh, to uh, to your uh, book introduction, and you talk about divine inspiration because you you receive downloads one night. So by the morning, the book was pretty much manifested, right? Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah. So this is. Um, Did you have is, an intention to write this book, or no, this was just no. a, in a moment thing that night? You a I download had, came, and I had no intention whatsoever on writing that evening. I wasn't planning on writing. In fact, I was gonna do more video editing for my YouTube channel, so I had no intention of writing that evening. And I was in a kind of just a happy bubble zone. I had taken a break to go get grapefruit tea because I had just again, paying attention to my intuition, I had been inspired to take grapefruit. And instead of just having it like everybody does have it for breakfast, um, I discovered that you can take hot, hot boiling water that you would normally use for tea and just squeeze the grapefruit juice along with the pulp into hot water, add a little maple syrup. And oh my gosh, it's like, it's like one of my favorite. It's like my favorite. Yeah. It happens to be also a natural form of hydroquinine, you know, hydrochloroquine, which is one of the things that you use to heal all sorts of different things. But anyhow, so I just went to prepare myself, you know, that because it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And I like to have like a hot tea before I go to bed. And um, so I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just like, oh, my yummy tea. I'm going back into my into my studio. And I think I'm just going to, you know, finish, you know, editing some more videos. And that was my mindset. And so as soon as I, I wasn't, I hadn't even reached my desk yet. And I heard you should, you should not, I should write a book on intuition. I heard you should write a book on intuition. And I said, I should write a book on intuition. I'm like, oh gosh, I know how this goes. I know, I know this, you know, it's not my left brain. I know this voice is that intuitive voice. I'm like, okay, I know not to resist that. But like, what am I, you know, yeah, I've been testing intuition, but like I never thought about an article, let alone a book. So I said, I better just write down that I should just, I'm going to open a book template and I'm just going to write the word intuition down. That was my intention was just to write the word intuition down and then step away from it. So again, there's non-attachment, which is, I think nine tenths of the formula. Once you receive is like, just be non-attached where you're not trying anything. You're just, okay. And don't add more significance to it than what's just there. It's like, okay, I got this. Boom. Fine. I acknowledge it. Let it go. So I wrote the word intuition on the book template. And then as soon as I finished writing the word intuition and I picked a font, all of a sudden I heard all this like stream of all these words coming to me. And I'm like, I better write this down. So now it was this exercise of I happen to play the piano too. So it's kind of like playing piano where I'm hearing all these thoughts, these ideas, all these stories, all these, like, I didn't even know what was coming. So I'm just trying to keep up with everything that I'm sensing. And I'm just writing, 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 writing. And it was like kind of cool. Cause it's kind of like playing piano. And I'm just like, I don't, I, I had to type as quickly as I could. I knew that I didn't have time to stop and put periods put capital, the beginning of the sentence. It was just a continuous flow of words. I just needed to get it all down because it kept on coming. And it was almost like, you know, you've heard of the expression out of drinking out of a fire hose. Yes. It was kind of like that. So I was just trying to keep up so I didn't miss anything. 
So what was the message you got? You got a message also, a special message that was that you received. Yeah, that was so, infused with the book. I'm very uh, share that with us. So, so I'm trying to keep up, you know, writing as fast as I possibly, knowing that I'm making typos and mistakes, but I figure I can go back and I, can, I just have to not, not miss any of this information. So when I finally, it finally slowed down and then I knew that it was done. I didn't realize yet that it was a, it was a whole book. I just looked out and I noticed that it was light and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wrote all night long. I'm like, I missed the sunrise because sunrise was normally at 6.30. So I'm like, I missed the sunrise. I'm like, what time is it? Oh my gosh, it's almost eight o'clock in the morning. It was like 7.45 in the morning. And I realized I've been writing for nine hours straight. No desire to go to the bathroom, didn't get thirsty. My back didn't bother me. It was nine continuous hours of solid writing. I thought, no freaking way. So I was like, how many pages did I write? So then I went back to go see, and I had written, the, first of all, the number nine, there's a significance of the number nine. So I was like, that's interesting. It's nine hours. I'm like, okay, you guys are like, <laughs> I, the intelligence is just kind of sending me another wink. Uh-huh. And then when I saw the number of pages, it was 88 pages, which is basically double infinity. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like I'm like, okay, wow. So by the time you format this and put it into chapters, I remember I thought about this book, the Creating Customers for Life book. And I go, wait a minute, this is almost the same size as a Creating Customers for Life book because that book's like 143 pages. Yes. So I'm going, I wrote a whole book in one sitting. I realized not possible. And then, but that's my brain, left brain going, trying to logicalize and make sense of what just happened. Yes. So then the next thing I heard was, that the, that the book was infused with a special energy that people, not even reading the book, people just touching, touching the, cup of the, book, the book, holding the book in their hand, beginning to hear the, the audio of the book, that there was a special energy that people were instantly going to have increased intuition just by coming in contact with the book. And, and they can get a message as well. That was my understanding too, yeah. right? So, just so touching it. And just touching the book. that intention, right? Yeah. So let's say somebody, I didn't know it at that time. Now my aware that came later where it's like, okay, somebody, because the book is obviously written in English. There are people mm-hmm. who don't read English. There are people who are going to touch the book who only speak Croatian. They're going to touch the book and their intuition will automatically increase. And they're going to know with clarity and with certainty, whatever it is that they've been asking a question about, or if they're not sure, or if they're trying to make a job, whatever the the area of doubt is it'll be crystal clear and they're going to go okay this may not make sense but and of course if they read the book then they'll have more they're going to go oh wow I didn't even know that was in the book that's exactly what I felt so they'll get confirmation after it's translated into their language but just by touching the book that they would have that increase and I go so then my left brain goes how's that going to work how is that going to work and how am I going to do that and then I quickly heard it's not for you to do. This is already done. And I'm like, okay. So I just had to let it go because that was like too, almost too woo-woo, too far out, way above my pay grade. I was just like, okay, I'm not going to worry about that. I was still going, how does anybody write a book in it? Like in one sitting that just still didn't compute, even though I had just done it. 
That's amazing, actually. And, and that's, that's, that's I can't amazing. wait to get the book, by the way. I did <laughs> invest in it because I do want to touch the book now, myself too, and uh, how and ask the question. Now tell me, Olivia, what do you have in store in coming in the future? What are you working on? I know you have a, a TV show as well, uh, but I'm, I know you're doing more than that. Is there anything that you want to share with the listeners that you're working on that, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm obviously very passionate about the Intuition Manifesto book, which again was not, I think it's kind of a course correction where the divine knows, you know, God knows what it is that you're, where you're supposed to be operating and I've been, I use a lot of my um, intuition in the private sessions that I do with, with clients. And I'm not necessarily looking to get um, more private. I have a long waiting list for private clients as we speak. So um, you, really my intention is more to help more people heal without their reliance of having a one-on-one session with me. So part of, I do have a group of healers and medical personnel who want me to teach and train them my PSMO method and the neuro health reset with all the science that's, that's inherently in there. But part of the number one thing that I really want everybody, whether, whether someone is into the healing arts, either professionally or just as a personal thing, you know, for themselves and their family is really to pay attention to your intuition and know that everything is inside you that you need to heal. And we've heard so many other masters and mystics and greats have told us that, you know, all the power that we ever need to do anything and everything is really inside us. Yes. Um, and as a society, we really, we really want to reach for a pill or, or a guru or for a master. And so my, my thing is like, I don't want anyone to be, you know, crazy glued to me um, for that, because I just want to be the person that if this message that I have resonates with you, that I'm going to give you the key energetically speaking, that will unlock all those treasures that are already inside you. So I'm just guiding you to get back to your true north where you're going, oh my gosh, everything you say, it sounds so familiar. And it's like, it's almost like I'm remembering it, even though I haven't heard these words, the way you're expressing them, the way you're expressing them, but maybe with the tone of voice that I'm expressing it, the manner and the energy that I'm showing up, it's like, I kind of remember this kind of like I knew it when I was a child and I lost it. And now I kind of feel like I'm like somehow in a weird stream. It's like, I've I've got it back. And I kind of like love you in this weird, strange, familiar way, which is kind of like even hard to articulate. And so that's been done to me, you know, for me, you know, and with me. And so I want to be able to impart that with others so that others can do that. And I really believe that this is part of what we need more than ever now. Yes. Um, Everything that is happening to us is on purpose at the right time, at the right place with the right people, no experiences wasted, every bit of suffering, every bit of challenges, turmoil, problems, obstacles, including all the good stuff that's happened to you is to bring you to the point in time where you can access the greatest aspect of really truly who you are are. and also start to align yourselves with people like you and like myself who are willing to embrace the entirety of who you are and say, you know what, that is not bizarre. That is not weird. And yeah, we know that what you're speaking and what you're sharing with us is truth and you're capable of even far greater things. And we're excited to be part of 
this life experience moving forward where we're going to get to witness a lot of this stuff with you. Yes. And by us sharing with each other, just as you and I share, Elena, yes. we encourage each other to continue grow and expand. And, you know, you automatically, when you're healing others, you're automatically healing different aspects of yourself. So that true. you're aware of and other things that you're not aware of, but it's just another expression really of love. Exactly. Because just like you said, I think so many people out there need to go more inside uh, because we tend to, or certain people tend to focus so much outside and wow. in, that's where we get all the answers. Resources are inside. I absolutely agree with you. Now tell me, Lillian, where can people go if they want to connect with you? Because some of them may want to touch that beautiful book of yours just to you know, jumpstart their intuition because that could be the first step into you know, connecting with that inner self of them, especially those that haven't had that connection in a while because they got lost among so many things that is happening right now. Where can people go? to to know more about you so the best thing to do is to connect on uh love and money secrets tv my youtube channel i have my domain damelillianwalker.com points to love and money secrets tv that youtube channel once you connect on the youtube channel of course you can watch the videos and you can also comment and um, on the right side of the youtube channel there's a link where you can connect to my facebook profile. And so I, I get a lot of people who both through YouTube as well as through Facebook, usually in one of the Facebook groups, they'll learn or find out about me and private messaging. me. I do respond to private messages. Um, right now I have uh, both private clients and then I want to make a distinction because I have private clients who, who pay uh, per session and then coherence healings are something that it's done pro bono. That's myself with a group of my fellow mystics where we do coherence healings to heal people of every kind of medical condition you could ever possibly imagine. So there's a waiting That's list beautiful. for both. But I do respond to private messages. Sometimes it takes a little while because if we're not already linked as friends, then sometimes I don't see them. And so then I have to go through all the, you know, you have to become a Facebook friend in order to private message me directly. Otherwise, Facebook has it so that you have people who are friends versus aren't, but that's usually the best way. In the comments, there's no, there's no barrier. There's no hindrance because everybody who comments right now on, on uh, my YouTube channel, I always respond uh, to people there. And so you can get in touch with me there. And that's if they the want to purchase the book, they, they can go to the same link, correct? Yeah. So go to either the YouTube channel, you can find it on the YouTube channel and you'll also find it on my Facebook profile. You'll see you go right straight to my wall, you'll see on there where you can um, find information about the Intuition Manifesto. You can uh, access that there. Um, pretty soon I'm going to be on the 22nd. Right now I'm in the pre-launch phase of the book. So there's all sorts of goodies that are available yes. during the pre-launch phase. On the 22nd, then I will be providing them the Amazon link so that people can go directly to Amazon. That'd and for the great. first 100 people, I have a special... I'm going to do a promo where you're, this is the first time of the interviews that I've done that anyone is getting this. So I want to let your listeners uh, no. are the first that are going to know that the first 100 people 
who do a review on Amazon for the Intuition Manifesto after the 22nd, after we launch, they're going to get a free 30 minute session. Beautiful. That is so beautiful. There's so much more that I want to talk with you. Maybe, you know, I'll have you back for a second session because there were other questions, but it's already been an hour. And you can ask another if you'd like. Yes, we should book a second session. Definitely. I like to have you back for part two, because there's so many more questions I want to ask you because I know you manifested other things using uh, and I want to talk about your method specifically so you can tell the viewers what your method is all about. But for today, I want to say thank you for being here. You know, I love talking with you. I love your process. Just like you, I'm on my journey, the same journey that you are on. And, you know, I always, I guess, like-minded people somehow get together because the moment I saw what you're doing, I thought, oh my God, I need to connect with her, have her on my show because I'm all about rewiring and inspiring others to go into that theta as well and to find their answers from within because I think that's the most important. So thank you so much, Lillian. I, I will, we will set a second interview. And yes, yes, I did buy your book. And, you know, I will give you a review because I know there are some beautiful goodies in there. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you, Elena. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. Same here. I so love and appreciate you. Same here, Lillian. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Rewired Inspired Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your colleagues, friends, and family. Do you have a question, comment, or topic idea for a future episode? Please reach me directly at elenapetrescu.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Stay inspired as there is unlimited potential in your life and business. Thank you for listening.